All right. Greetings, brothers and sisters. We thank the Lord for his goodness. We thank him for his mercy. All the, his mercies are are new and fresh and exciting to us. And and we are appreciative of it. I mean, bottom line, I, I, well, at least I know I am appreciative of it. And I believe that if you're listening to this, um, you, 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 you're listening um, partly because you're also appreciative of the word of God. I hope you're you're as excited as I am about just the fact that God even speaks to us. I mean, we do so much stuff that really warrants the Lord um, just, you know, turning his back on us and never dealing with us at all for any reason. But he doesn't do that. You know, he doesn't um, treat us and deal with us according to you know, our sins, or in other words, according to what we deserve, at least immediately, he gives us a chance um, to get some things corrected. And then he has to, and then when we don't do that, of course, he, um, you know, takes it a step further. Brothers and sisters, um, we are um, in our third lesson, glory to God, um, of this, uh, of this topic that the Lord had given us. Um, It turned into a pretty much a short series. This may be the last one um, in that series, but this one is, uh, we've been dealing with spiritual correction, talking about spiritual correction. And this really is a, another, um, really a subtopic of a greater theme that we've been discussing, which is walking in the spirit. Now we did do a lesson on walking in the spirit, um, um, specifically. So brothers and sisters, um, if you have um, access to the link, um, um, or the podcast, by all means, I do invite you to go back and listen to those lessons, um, um, and let those, um, and use those lessons as a, as a, as a guided Bible study for yourself. Go ahead. They're always about an hour or so long. So feel free to break them up or, um, listen to them in their entirety all at once, but whatever you do, crack open your Bible, follow along. Okay. And, and let the Lord speak to you. Okay. Uh, They're there to help you with your Bible study. We do understand and recognize that not everybody has access um, to, um, to um, just straight up down home, old fashioned Bible study, just the way that it is, where it's just the word of God. A lot of times people are getting all kinds of junk food, spiritual junk food, because what's being given is um, is more opinion or 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 nonsensical seminary school inspired trash that is really not founded on the word of God. Now, of course, we're not talking about um, those schools that would be teaching the word of God on compromise. We're not talking about them. We're talking about the, the ones that's doing, doing the knuckleheaded stuff, the, the ones who are coloring outside the lines of scripture. Scripture are, is the boundary. That's the barrier. That's the, that's the, the, um, that, that's the, the, that's the area in which we operate and we can't, go around um, operating outside of that and we shouldn't there's a there's a um, huge consequence that involved with that nevertheless um, family and friends um, acquaintances uh, strangers whoever you may be no matter where you are in the world and what time of day or night you're listening to this God has a word for you now we've been talking about spiritual correction and we are continuing with spiritual correction this is the third lesson and um, and we have um, for our readings um, several scriptures that we've used for our uh, background. Uh, 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 primarily, uh, we've so far we've looked at Proverbs chapter three, 
amen, um, verses 11 through 13. And then we looked at Hebrews chapter uh, 12, verses 5 through 13, okay? So we've, we've, we've taken a look at, um, at, those, at those things, glory to God. And, uh, and, and it's been good. It's been, it's been, it's been very, um, very wonderful to, um, to, um, to watch that, um, the, the, how the scripture moves from the old Testament to the new, um, because the old Testament always points to the new, amen. Um, by usually by way of uh, prophecy. And then the old, then the new Testament points back at the old by way of fulfillment of that prophecy or the confirmation of what was spoken by the prophets of old. Amen. So you have this cycle where the, where the old is pointing to the new and the new is pointing back to the old and it keeps going round and round and round and round. Um, and our text, when we deal with spiritual correction, um, is one that really fall where you can actually see that cycle pan out. Now, the Old Testament, uh, Proverbs uh, 3, uh, 11 and 13 says, my son despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he what? Corrected, even as a father the son in whom he delighted. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. So this, uh, most people, when they, um, when they uh, begin to quote the scripture of whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, okay? Most times, when they are quoting that scripture, they're quoting it from the new. They're quoting it from Hebrews chapter 12, amen, um, verses uh, 5 through 13. I'll just read the first two here. And the Lord having, and, excuse me, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children, my son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Amen. 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 And then he goes on and says in verse number six, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he what? Receiveth. Amen. 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 He scourgeth, man, every son whom he receive it. Okay. Think about that for a moment. Think about that for a moment. Every son whom he receiveth, he scourges. Amen. And the word tells us not, don't, don't despise that. Amen. Don't, don't, don't despise that at all. And that's a, and that my brothers and sisters is, is a, is a wonderful, wonderful thing. That's something that, man, that's something we gotta, that's something we certainly need to know. Amen. 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 Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Now that's scripture, brothers and sisters. All right. Is usually the one that people quote most of the time whenever they are um 
whenever they're dealing with the um, um, with um, or whenever they're quoting whom the Lord loves, he chasing it. Most people, they quote it from the New Testament. Okay. So that's just, that's just something for you to, to make sure that you, you know, you, you, you keep in line, you keep in mind because that is that, that, that generally is, um, that generally is how, how it tends to go. But as I said, the old points to the new and the new points back to the old. So even though most time people are quoting from Hebrews 12, chapter, um, chapter, um, um, chapter 12 and looking at verse number six in particular for whom the Lord loveth, that scripture there, okay, is a quote of Proverbs 3, 11 through 13. Do you see that? The first occurrence of that, the first, our first introduction, if you will, amen, to, to that mind, to that, that mindset, if you will, okay, to that scriptures, that, that idea, that concept, that spiritual truth, whom the Lord chased, whom the Lord loveth, he chastened it. It didn't start, that was not a, that wasn't a concept that we um, discovered or was we were first introduced to in the New Testament. No, it actually had its origin back in the Old Testament. So again, you can see uh, the old points to the new and the new points back to the old. You can see that um, playing out through scripture. And brothers and sisters, that's a really good, that's a, that's a really good thing to, um, um, to see. That's a really good thing to be able um, to, to behold. Amen. Amen. And it's something that you definitely want to, that you want to behold. You want to be able um, to see those things. You want to see the, um, the old pointing to the new, and you want to see the new pointing back to the old, because that's, that builds our spiritual confidence. When we see the word of God, we see God speaking a thing, then we get in, in the old, and then we get to the new, and we see God fulfilling that thing. Now, there are some promises that are yet to be fulfilled, and, and we're living in, in these prophetic days or these days of fulfillment. There's a lot of different things, things that were spoken in the New Testament, and guess what? The Lord is, is, is fulfilling those, those things. Glory to God. Glory to God. But but regardless, but regardless of that, regardless of all of those different things, the bottom line is, is, is that, you know, the Lord knows what he's doing. Okay. The Lord, he, he absolutely knows what he is doing. Even if you don't know, it's not required for you and me to know and understand everything. No, that's not required at all. Okay. So you don't want to, you don't want to get caught up in all of that. All right. You don't get want to get caught up in the mindset that is like, you know what, if I don't understand it, then, you know, it just ain't no, please, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Lean on the Lord. Okay. I mean, that really is the best thing that I can tell you. Lean on the Lord. Glory to God. Just, just, just lean on him and let him do what he's going to do. Now, we talked about spiritual correction, and the, in the last lesson, we gave you a scripture to show you and illustrate what God is actually doing. Now, we did cover Proverbs 3, 11 through 13, amen, 
and we looked at Hebrews chapter 12, and we looked at five and six, for whom the Lord loveth, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. it. Now, going back to Hebrews, look at verse number, chapter 12, look at verse number five, we covered the A portion, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children. And we learned that when he says we've forgotten that exhortation, what that the 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 heaviness of that statement was that he wasn't just saying that you casually lost track of something, that um you kind of misplaced something. Um, but when he says you have forgotten, there, this particular word forgotten here in this text is a very strong one. Okay. This is a this is a strong um 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 usage of this word because it really literally means when we if we really just want to get down to it it literally it means that it that 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 it it it's completely gone as if it was never there in the first place that's how heavy that one is when he says you've forgotten it does he don't mean that you've just casually forgotten it and it's and it's still there somewhere. He means forgetting and never to come back. And we gave you an analogy and we talked about in the last lesson that we did that, you know, that we can't afford to take the word of God and put it and, and allow it to just go out the window and, and go out the door with yesterday's trash. We, we can't afford to do that because the word of God is not trash. It is priceless. And if we're going to get this thing right, David said, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. If I'm going to overcome these trials, these troubles, these struggles, these situations, these scenarios, it doesn't matter what it is. If I am going to get over these things, brothers and sisters, that's not going to happen on my own strength. It's not going, none of that. It is going to happen through obedience to the word of God, because there are just some things in life that you simply need God almighty to do. See, some stuff you just can't do. For example, you can't save yourself. You need the Lord to save you. You can't make yourself clean. You need the Lord to do that. You need the Lord to wash you. Your core behavior and core ways and core way of thinking, your, your set of ethics, if they're wrong, because that happens, not everybody grows up morally correct. But when you start talking about a person's morals, their morality, man, you are talking about what is hard-coded in them regarding their concept of right and wrong. As it has, as it developed from childhood to adulthood. When you, when you are talking about a person's sense of morality, you're talking about their way, their belief system, so to speak, of right and wrong. It's their concept of it. as it's developed from childhood to adulthood. We don't always get the right stuff from the very beginning. Many of us, and many of you listen to, listening to this, your childhood is probably not one that you would write home about. You probably endured a lot. And probably far more than, than any child should have to. But the impact of 
growing up in whatever environment that was that wasn't the best. The impact or the reality is, is, is that for many of us, many of those things has shaped our thinking. As we grow, what we were exposed to began to shape the way we think about different things. Some of it may have developed correctly. You may have come away now that you have reached adulthood with a good understanding. But for many of us, there's a whole lot of bad behavior that got hard-coded because we were exposed to bad things. You need the Lord to change that. How could a young man change his ways? That's what scripture talk, talks about. It says, by taking heed to the commandments. Glory to God. Glory to God. Because how can he change his ways? By taking heed to the commandment. So there are some things, brothers and sisters, that, that you and I, you just we simply just need the Lord to do. See, there are some doors in my life that I just can't open. And the Bible says that, teaches us that except the Lord build the house, they, they that build it labor in vain. Except the Lord keep and the city, except he watch the city. Though The watchman, guess what? He's going to get up and he's going to be the lookout, but he's watching in vain. There are some things that you and I need the Lord to do. I need him to save me. I need him to keep me from danger seen and unseen. You don't know what's around the corner. I don't know what's around the corner. But I know a God whose name is Jesus and he sits high and he's looking low and I know he's able and I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm glad about that. I'm glad that Jesus is looking out for me. I hope you're glad that he's looking out for you. Now, let me just, let me make this, this, this plain for you. Now you living in sin and you ain't doing right and you trying to get over and you hooking and crooking and all kinds of stuff. Ain't nobody watching out for you. No, 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 no. We talking about those who are of the household of faith. So if you want God to start looking out for you and everybody should, everybody should want the Lord to look out for them. You got to go and be obedient. You got to do what the word says do. You got to go, listen, you have got to go to the book of Acts Chapter two, begin at verse 38. You can start at verse 36, really. But verse 38, you have got to repent of your sins. You have got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins or the washing away or removal of those sins. And you got to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now you're going to have, now if you want the Lord to, to, to consistently look out for you. Now God has mercy on you up to that point. But because you are living in rebellion, you got to understand something. God, he's not hooking you up. No, he's not. You're going to run into a whole bunch of problems because God doesn't bless mess. So if you want the Lord to be looking out for you, guess what? You're going to have to get in line with what the Lord is, expects from you. And what does he expect? He expects you to bend the knee in surrender. 
You got to surrender that sin. You got to surrender the unrighteousness. You got to surrender the wickedness. You got to surrender your way and, and everything else. And you got to do it. God, you have got to be born again. Now, when you do that, God's going to be looking out for you. And here's the thing, because God's looking out for you, he's there to help you. And if and those things that you deal with in your life, you can expect those things that you can't change. Guess what? You can expect God to help you so that those things can be changed. Amen. So you need the Lord. I need the Lord. We can't afford to have the word of God go out the window. We cannot afford to have the word be treated as trash because it is the very word, brothers and sisters, that God uses to perfect us and to bring us to where we need to be. Nevertheless, we said that a lot of people don't really want to talk about correction because correction, as we, we are dealing with it anyway, correction here. Um, is dealing literally really is dealing with the um, um, really that of getting in trouble. So, so it's we're it's correction in the form of punishment. And we, we talked about that. Okay. We, we talked about that, that that's the, that's the, the type of, of correction. Amen. If you will, that is being, is being is 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 being referenced when we talk about whom the Lord loves, He chastened, you know, He He chastened it, or and and all of these things. These these are the things that this is the type of correction that we're talking about. Now, because you're talking about getting in trouble, well, well, here's the thing: a lot of people don't want it. They don't people. Nobody wants to get in trouble, okay. And so, consequently, nobody really want to talk about that. But we said before. When it comes to spiritual correction, this is something that we do need to talk about, okay? Because we need to understand it from God's perspective. We learn that because God is our heavenly father, he's our parent, you have to understand. As a parent, parenthood, um, parenthood will confer responsibility upon you. Because I am a parent, and if you have children, because you are a parent, you inherited some responsibility, whether you wanted it, whether you asked for it or not, it doesn't matter or whatnot. As soon as you became a parent, you became responsible. Now, because you are the responsible party, all right, amen, children must be taught right from wrong. They do not come here knowing exactly what to do what all is right and what all is wrong they don't come we don't come here getting everything right no we get here and we make mistakes one scripture said man about a few days and already full of trouble it don't take long for us to 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 get a little sidetracked get get in the wrong area but and nevertheless it's not long before we're getting some stuff wrong. So we don't come here in the state of perfection. So so I hope hopefully that's not a news flash to anybody's well. But if you if you I don't know if you perhaps if you want somebody who think you perfect and don't do anything wrong, then this probably is a news flash to you. 
and um and and ain't nothing I can do about that. You're not perfect. Sorry that 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 might be new to you, but that is the reality. None of us are is is perfect. Okay, when we when we get here now, because of that, because and when my children were born, they didn't get here perfect. You you understand? Oh, they got here all cute and wonderful and 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 soft and beautiful and all of that kind of stuff, but they didn't get here perfect. No, not at all, because it wasn't long after that. And anybody who's a parent, you know, before, you know, after at a certain point, once all the cuteness and all the other kind of stuff starts to give way to 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 activity and they start to become more and more active, they start finding more and more ways to do things they ain't got no business doing. <laughs> That's just part of it. And so but with that, I as a parent. I, I inherit the responsibility of correcting my children. Amen. I, because I'm the parent. Now, because they don't do everything right, my children are still at every, they, they're a reflection of me, okay? And my wife, they're a reflection of us. They are a reflection of our family. They are a reflection of the values that our family holds to. And, the, and, and um, they're, they're, they're reflections of all of that. Okay. Now, if I allow them to just go and do whatever it is that they want to do and go and come as they please and all that kind of stuff, listen, then there's the potential that they are going to negatively impact and tarnish, all right, our name. Amen. Because you got to understand, the Bible teaches that a good name is rather to be chosen. One of the most powerful things that you have, that you can have in this world. The most powerful thing that you can have is the name of Jesus. Amen. Because that overrides everything. But beneath that, one of the most powerful things that you can have it's not equal to jesus in any other in any way so don't don't even compare it but it does have it does have a, a extreme value and that is a good name of your own amen a good reputation no having a good reputation is a wonderful thing and it is something that you need now my children start going all all, all out just just doing all kind of different things well because they are a reflection on me right and my wife they can tarnish that name they can they can they can cast a negative light on amen on our reputation or our name so because i am responsible i must teach them we must educate them in how to conduct themselves and carry themselves so that when others look on, they don't bring shame to the family name. They don't bring shame to the legacy and to all of these different things or tarnish the good name of our family. We don't want that to happen. So because we are responsible, guess what we do? We chastise them. We have to correct them. We've, that's, and, and as a parent, and, and if you're a parent, 
then you had have had to do the same thing. And if you're not, and you are a parent, you go, you need to start doing that. You are responsible for them. Well, the Lord is our heavenly father and he's responsible for us in the exact same way. And when, and how you live and how I live is, and will always be a reflection on what the Lord has done. And if we live crooked and wrong and foul, then we are going to bring and cast a negative light on our Lord and Savior and on this precious walk of holiness that he's assigned us to, that we've, that we've been given. See, we, we are the heritage of the Lord. And we carry the family name, Jesus. But the way you and I act and the way you and I carry on If we act ungodly and we act unholy before this world, all the while we belong to a holy God, then we misrepresent God and his holiness and his way. And we tell this world and we tell the onlookers, whoever they may be, that there's nothing different about serving God and walking with God. You can do whatever it is you want to do. You can come however it is you want. You can stay as long as you want in any kind of condition that you want and all that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. And you need to understand whether you agree with this or what I'm telling you or not really does not matter because our scripture said, Proverbs 3, 11 through 13, Pro Hebrews 5, Hebrews 12, 5 through 13 is telling you and telling me whether you agree with it or not, God is not having it. If God love you, he gonna correct you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Some people, you know, are so anti-correction. They don't want to, they are as rebellious as the day is long. I don't care how rebellious you are and how much you balk and fight against the very concept of being, you know what I'm saying, of, 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 of parental chastisement. God is telling you all day long that that's exactly what he's going to do if he loves you. So you might as well just listen. If you're going to serve the Lord, and you're going to walk with the Lord. Let me just tell you right now, you signing up to be correction, to be corrected. Yes, you are. You given your permission, Lord, correct me. And God don't need your, your permission anyway. But he does allow you serving him to be your choice. You have to choose this. You have to choose him. You have to choose him. Nevertheless, people don't want correction. But the word says that the Lord, he scourgeth every son who he receives. Amen. Amen. Every son whom he receives, he, scour he scourges. That means he disciplines.
And you're actually, if you really want to get down to it, it actually means, it means a whipping. It means a, a beating. That's what it means. When I was coming up, man, the worst punishment <laughs> we could get was was to get a whooping or a spanking or whatever it is that you win. Did nobody want that? You knew if you went that far, oh my goodness, you had gone way too far. But my parents didn't give us whoopings all the time. They didn't do that. They only did that according to what it was that we what we'd done. The punishment had to fit the crime. They didn't just they they my parents were not the ones that just broke out, you know what I'm saying? And you know, hey, you know what? I'm just just gonna give you a, a spank. No, 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 no. Because not all punishment required that measure. There's different ways to chastise. Amen. Amen. But the concept of it, okay, because this is a concept that because remember, we're talking about in the realm of God, okay. The word says in Hebrews chapter 12 and 6, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. And what he's telling you is, is that he gives every one of his children, the ones he loves, he gives them whoopings. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now, think about it. How then does God give whoopings? Think about that. How does God do that? Because the scripture is telling you that God gives a spanking. God, give, God if he loves you, he, he, listen, you're going to get a spanking. You go too far, you're going to get a spanking. God first going to try to tell you. He's going to try to correct you. He's going to do all these kind of things. But, but, but eventually you go too far. Guess what? You are going to get a spiritual spanking. Well, how does God spank his children? God spanks his children. by way of allowing the consequences of our actions to hit us. That's how God does it. That's mainly how God does it. See, actions, family, have consequences. We live in the natural here. And when you operate in unrighteousness and you're doing the wrong thing, there are some natural consequences that come along with doing that which is wrong. See, beforehand, when God's trying to get your attention, God shields you from those consequences. In other words, he gives you space to repent. He gives you time to get yourself together and get your act together before you get all the way exposed and have to be embarrassed and have to go through all sorts of unfortunate and unnecessary things. God first works with you. God try to give you a chance to get it right and get it straight. But when you and I transcend that, when we go beyond that limit and we say, you know what, God, I don't, man, I'm, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Then what's going to happen is, is that God stops running that interference for, for you. Okay. And then what ends up happening is whatsoever man sold, that shall he reap. He starts to allow the natural consequences that follow sinful behavior, he allows it to touch you. He allows it to impact you. And when negative consequences begin to hit you, 
and life start getting hard for you because of your own unrighteousness. That's the equivalent of a whooping. That's a spiritual spanking. Amen. Amen. We're just talking about correction. That's how God does it. That's how God does it. And did you, did you notice though, the wording in verse number six says he scourges every son whom he receiveth. Did you, did you, did you catch that? Every son whom he received. That receive it there, what he's talking about, he, he, he provides this to everyone that he willingly has permitted into his company or into his family. See, a lot of people, we love to talk about that God loved you enough to save you. This is true. But his love don't stop there. He also loved you enough to whoop you, to spank you, to chastise you with life and allowing the negatives of life to hit you. When you just won't do right, when I just won't do right. We love to talk about the love of God when in the in the in on when concerning the 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 warm and fuzzy things but we don't often talk about the love of god as it manifests in the things that are that don't feel so great because chastisement from the love from the lord you need to understand something that is a manifestation of his love because if he did not love you he would not do it do you hear what I'm telling you? Go back to Proverbs chapter three. Go back to go, go, go to verse number 12. For whom the Lord loveth, he corrected. Even as a father, the son in whom he delighted. He's trying to tell you that this God has, he loves you so much and he wants so much for you that he's not willing to allow you to just derail and to leave you in that derailment state. He's not gonna do that. Now you wanna force the issue and, and go as far as you can go in, 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 you know, in, a, in, a, in a nonsensical direction, then, then you can walk away from God. God's not gonna headlock drag you into heaven. No, there, there won't be any of that. You understand? God won't force anybody to go to heaven. You're going to heaven off of a choice. You got to choose God. And that choice is not a one-time choice. It is a daily choice. You have to choose God every day. Your, that's where your heart has to be. You got to understand something. It's, it's a good thing that God searches the heart. And this is why you want your heart to be right. See, because your actions don't always line up with your heart. You drop the ball and you make mistakes. But it's good to know that God, this is why God don't just throw you away because he reading your heart. He know that you love him. And he know that you made a mistake. 
This is why as soon as you, 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 you going good and you drop the ball, God don't just throw you away. That's the devil lying, trying to tell you that God is throwing you away. Oh, you're not going to make it. No, listen, your salvation is not based on works. No, but you have been saved so you can go to work. You and I are supposed to work. God has given us a job to do, some things to do. But guess what? In that, there, we drop the ball. We don't do it right. We mess up. Well, he went to Calvary and paid for all of that, knowing full well that we were going to mess up. He paid it all. Why? So that we could get back up. Amen. But see, but sometimes what happens is, is that when we fall, we don't know that we fall. We, or we don't realize how far that we fall and how far off track we are. That's when God got to bring in that correction. Amen. Amen. And he does it because he loves you. Now look at verse number seven if, in, in Hebrews chapter 12. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he, is he whom the father chasteneth not? Are you hearing the word of God? He said, listen. What kind of father does not chastise and correct his children? And that's what Paul is trying to tell you. That's what the, uh, not Paul, but the writer here is telling you. That, there, that ain't what. If a father truly loves his child, then a father is going to do what he needs to bring the best out of that child. And sometimes it's correction. Sometimes it's punishment. That has to happen. Parents have to punish the children. Let me talk to the children for just a moment. I know that you don't like when mom and dad have to get on your case and deal with you. And I'm talking about these parents that the ones that's doing it right. I and mean, we're not talking about the knucklehead. So this, this don't apply. This don't apply to them. Okay. They need some other get right. And then they parent in a get right. And then things are changing in their homes. But for those of you that have parents that are trying to do the right thing and they're trying to teach you the right thing, I know you don't like, especially godly parents is what we really talk about here. I know you don't like when they have to punish you. I know you don't like getting in trouble and all of these different things. And I know that it don't feel good. It didn't feel good when I was a kid. Nobody wanted that. Odd. But see, looking back, you might not be able to see it this way now. But in time, you will. Be thankful for your parents that are doing their best to follow the word and they're providing you correct. Be thankful that your mom and your dad are telling you no. Be thankful that they're using their spiritual judgment 
to forbid you from doing certain things. Now, as a child, I know that that's hard because you're on the receiving end of no and the punishment or whatever else it is. But it is a far worse fate to be sentenced to. To have mom and dads who care absolutely nothing about who you are and what you and what you and what you do and what you become. So much so that they will not forbid you from anything that comes up in your mind. Because the end result of that is a child that becomes an adult that is so far off, they can't even see straight. Some of you are too hard on your parents. Too hard. You give them a hard time. Because they told you no and they and 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 they and they had to correct you. So now you're pouting all your lips all twisted up and you're walking around with all nine yards of attitude and all this other kind of stuff. But you are forgetting, young man, young lady. That your parents love you. And godly parents have a duty to God Himself. And part of their duty is to instruct you in the ways of righteousness. You have to understand, they got a commitment to God to correct you. And if they don't, they have to answer to him. They need the household to be blessed because they are the ones that are taking care of the bills and everything else, and they're trying to provide for you. They can't afford to have God not bless the work and the effort of their hand. But one of the fastest ways to get God to not bless the efforts of a household is for a mother and a father that's supposed to be godly to be out of control and disobedient and neglect their responsibilities, including that of taking care of providing correction for the children. You come home, you like to have dinner. You enjoy when mom and dad are able to buy you clothes and do different things and so on. They are only able to do that, young man, young lady. They're only able to do that because God is blessing their hands. God blesses their hands because of obedience. If they decide that they're not going to do that, then God will, that will dry up and the entire household will suffer. Some of you young people, it's time to start growing up. Time to start listening. Your parents chastise you because they love you. They see the best in you. They know what you can be. Some of you, it wasn't the mom and dad naturally. Maybe it was an aunt or an uncle or a grandmother or, or, or a grandfather or somebody. It doesn't matter. But God put somebody in your life 
to tell you no. You need to submit to authority and be obedient. And when your parents tell you no, don't go sneaking. Don't go doing something different because you make your own way hard. And you don't want God to deal with you. You need to understand something. It is true that the parents are responsible for their children. But every man is responsible for his and her own sin. So if you defy mom and dad who are telling you the right thing in order to go sneak out and sneak and do get what you know you're not supposed to have, be with who you're not supposed to be, do what you know you're not supposed to do, let me serve notice on you. God is no respecter of persons, not even children. And if God, listen, and if God will in God's kingdom, we are all his children. And you need to understand, God spanks his children. So if God got to let things get hard on you, young man, young lady, that's exactly what he's going to do. Exactly what he's going to do. All of a sudden, you're going to notice your friends, the people that so-called was your friend, they turn on you. Now they become enemies. All of a sudden, you're going to look up and you can't catch a break at school. All of a sudden, all of these, listen, please, please, young man, young lady, hear the wisdom that I'm teaching you. Hear it. Don't despise it. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he reap. Mom and dad are responsible, but they only going to be responsible so far. They are responsible up and to their point of being obedient. They must be obedient to all that God has commanded them to do. If you decide to be disobedient to your, within your role, God's not going to punish them. No, he's going to punish you. Some of you are older children and you're still at home. You need to show respect. Stop bringing chaos and nonsense into the home. Don't get old and start walking away from the old landmarks and moving away from the things and the truths and the principles that mom and dad taught you. Just so you can be accepted with a bunch of friends and people who are in your immediate facility. Listen, they ain't going nowhere. You're trying to impress folks that's going to hell. And if you're not careful and you throw away all that righteousness and all that stuff that mom and dad taught you about being right before the Lord, you're going to find yourself in hell also. Listen, hanging with your friends ain't worth going to hell. And there's some groups, their friends of so-called friends, they'll take you right to hell. Hear what I'm telling you. Hear what I'm telling you. Nevertheless, correction definitely is not the thing 
that we want to talk about, but yet the Lord says to endure chastening. If that, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. That when he tells you, what he's saying is that if you will be obedient, if you will be obedient while, in other words, learn the lesson. Don't listen. It's bad enough to get to have to view that, you know, that we have made the unnecessary necessary. And now God's got to correct us. But you know what would make that even worse is if when God corrects us, we don't learn the lesson. Ma'am, sir, learn the lesson. Brothers and sisters, learn the lesson. Don't make God repeat himself. How long does God have to spiritually spank you? How long? Yeah, I know some people, <laughs> when you start talking about spanking and all that kind of stuff, dude, we live in a world and they're like, you know what? You shouldn't spank and all this kind of stuff. Let me tell you something. God spank his children. So you can say whatever it is you want to say. God's still going to spank you. Because he don't care nothing about what this world ideology is and all that other kind of stuff and so on and so The Lord is going to correct you. Now, if you think that God is going to just spiritually go sit you in a corner and have you go think about it, you can think again. He ain't going to do that. That only the, the only reprieve you getting is when he send that word ahead of time to let you know you better straighten up. I better straighten up. That's it. That's your breathing room. But if you think that God getting ready to just punish you with a timeout, no, he not. God time. No, no, no. God timeout hurt. Because he timed out all them areas where you need traction. See, God to time you out on that job. God to time you out in that store. God to time you out in that in that in that room in that office. God to time you out when God time put you on timeout, man. You better look out. God chastised. I told you that skirt me that 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 man. That's a whooping. That's what is that's what that's talking about. And the Bible is telling you if God has accepted you, he take listen, he takes his parental authority seriously. And he is going to exercise all his authority. And if that means that he's got to spiritually spank you. That's exactly what he's going to do. So I'm going to ask you again, how long are you and I going to make the unnecessary necessary? God got many different ways, but if you keep pushing the envelope, then he's going to have to use the, do you get what I'm saying? See, spanking, listen, the, the chest ties, that's not the only way that God has to correct. There are other ways that God does, but this is, this is that final way. This is that what it comes down to when you just won't do right. When I just, I'm, I'm just not going to listen. When I'm going to push the envelope. God trying to send you the word and you listen and you be obedient then and there. God want to correct it at that level. But if you just not going to do that, 
then God is not getting ready to allow life to just be all honky-dory, fun and roses and all. It's not going to happen. No, you're going to start to experience trouble in every area of your life. It's going to start in one and it's going to domino. And before you know it, you're going to look up and life is going to be looking all bad. And you're not going to have anybody but yourself to blame because you are the architect of your own demise. When you walk in disobedience, when I walk in disobedience, I am architecting my own hard way. Now, whose fault is that? I can't put that on nobody and you can't put it on anybody either. Proverbs 15 and 9 through 10 says this, 9 and 10 says this, the way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord, but he loveth him that followeth after righteousness. Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way. And he that heareth, and he that hateth rather, reproof shall die. This is serious. Let's pick that apart for just a moment. And then we'll wrap it up for today. Solomon says, the way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord. The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord. He said it's an abomination. Now, some of you have never really thought you've seen in scripture that abomination um you've seen that word but you don't really fully fully understand what it what it is so an abominable when something is an is abominable if it's an abomination then it is something that in essence causes horror or and um disgust so when the Bible is talking about, it's an abomination, okay? So God, there are things that God hates, okay? God hates sin. God hates unrighteousness, okay? And all sin carries the death penalty for the wages of sin is what? Death. That's what the Bible says. So all sin carries the ultimate death penalty which is eternal separation from God if we don't get it right. In other words, be saved according to the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 38, and keep on going. Amen. All sin carries the death penalty, okay? And God hates all sin, okay? This is not, this is not um, legendary. This is known. God hates sin. He's not okay with it. Even if you are, God is not. So don't, please, ma'am, sir, don't go projecting your own ideology and your own view of sin onto God. Don't do that. Don't try to make God be like you. He's not like you. His way is not, is not your way. His thoughts are not your thoughts. And vice versa for me as well. 
My way is not his way. My thoughts are not his thought. He, he's higher. He's on a whole nother level. Okay? So don't project your own ideology on him. Now, God hates sin. This is true. And this is known. And all sin carries with it the ultimate death penalty. But there are some sins that God hates more than others. And when the scripture talks about something that is an abomination, it don't mean that God just hated it. It means he extra crispy hated it. It means that God, it, it is utterly disgusting and detestable. It is next level hatred. When God sees a thing as an abomination, God don't just hate it. He really hates it. So <laughs> be careful when you start walking in sins that are considered abomination. Because you are really, oh, listen, I put, if you don't like getting chastised for God, by God, when you walk in abominations, man, you, that is probably, that's one of the quickest ways to get a spanking from the Lord. If you're a believer, if you are a believer, okay, you start walking in that, oh, yes, God is getting ready to get with your program, ma'am, sir, get ready, yep, because it's coming, because you're not just engaging, you, 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 listen, you're not just engaging what he, in what he don't like, you going all, you, you going to the other side of the spectrum. Don't do that. The word says, Proverbs 15, 9, the way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord. It's an abomination unto the Lord. The way of the wicked. Not just some of it, all of it. And so when he says the way, he's talking about the lifestyle, the way of living is what he's talking about. And he's saying the way of living, the way that the wicked lives. Amen. The way that they live. God says, I have a problem with that. What kind of problem does he have with it? He says it's an abomination. It's an, abo it's an abomination. When the word talks about uh, a wicked person, it's talking about a person that is really, that's characterized by doing the wrong thing. In other words, they're known for doing the wrong thing and, um, they're, and they're characterized for godlessness or acting ungodly, very anti-God, if you will. And so when the Bible's talking about a wicked person here, he's talking about a person that is known. They're characterized. Like, in other words, that's your calling card. That's like what you do all day long. Or what that person does all they, they're just you, if you look for that person you're going to be finding them doing doing the wrong thing and the bible says that the way of that person that is just known for doing the wrong thing and is known for doing everything that god hates 
In other words, in essence, this is a person that is in that lives in rebellion. And in, in, in a state of rebellion. And so what he's telling you is, is that the way of that person, of the wicked, that person who lives in rebellion, he says, that's an abomination to the Lord. But he that loveth him, that followeth, but he, but he loveth him that followeth after righteousness. Verse 10 says, correction is grievous. Grievous. unto him that forsaketh the way. And grievous means, when we talk about grievous, we mean that it's, it's severe. It, it, it means that it's, it's, it's extremely bad. It's very bad or, or extreme. Do you, do you understand? So he says correction is severe an extreme to him that forsaketh the way and forsaken means and to, if you when you forsake something you abandon it you leave it behind so really if you think about it, what he says is that that correction the chastisement of the lord this 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 correction okay or discipline okay the word is saying that discipline is very is looked at as very severe and very extreme to the person that has decided to walk away from doing that which is right now you got the, the implication here so that you understand what what's what what this means or what the importance is what the what the what the proverbial writer is telling you is 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 that when you are determined to do the wrong thing and i'm determined to do the wrong thing which opens the door for god's correction amen if when the correction comes and i have the mindset that I'm just walking away. I'm doing what I want to do. I don't care anymore. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing God. I'm God stuff. I'm not doing anything. When it, when the correction comes to me and I'm in that state, then the correction seems severe. It seems like it's extreme, like it's over the top. You, you get what I'm saying? The counterbalance to that is is that. When I, when God brings correction to me and I don't have the mindset of just totally rebellion, meaning I just made a mistake. I've been walking, I've been, I've been doing the wrong thing, but I haven't turned my heart away from God and the things of God. Okay. When, when I, when I have not come to the place in my mind where I'm, where, where I want to, I'm just going to walk away from God. So in other words, I'm dropping the ball, but I'm not, I don't have any intention of, of, of leaving God. In other words, I've just fallen into sin. When I have fallen into sin, but have no intention of falling away from God or whatnot, and God has to correct me, I'm able to endure it. It don't feel good. It's not comfortable, but it's also not the end of the world. I don't see it as that. 
I can see where I made my mistake. I can see what God is doing. And I can see, do you understand? But what the proverbial writer is telling you is, is that, but when, but when chastisement comes for the person who you're being chastised because you are literally abandoning God. It's you're, 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 in other words, you are, you, you will have the intent of walking away from God. Then your outlook and your view of spiritual correction begins to change. It begins to look at, you begin to see it as being severe and extreme. Too much over the top. You begin to have a negative outlook as it pertains to the correction of God. You begin to think that God is being unfair. God have no right. God shouldn't do that. God shouldn't allow that. That shouldn't happen. And he ends it up and he says, and he that hateth reproof shall die. Why? Because what he's actually telling you in verse number 10 is, is that he's describing the person whom the Lord, he's, he's describing the child whom God is correcting because he loves. But because, but this particular child has gone so far as to decide that they no longer want God's way. They're going to live in rebellion on purpose. And they have no intention of turning from that. Well, because God loves you, he's going to try to correct you. You understand? He's going to try to correct you because he loved even that person, the one who decides that I'm just going to walk with God. Listen, God always, God always try to try to keep a person from going there. And when a person starts to entertain that level of rebellion, that I'm just going, you know what? I'm not doing this no more. I'm not following. I'm, I'm doing what I want to do now. Well, because you are a son and daughter, the first thing that God's going to do is that he's going to try to correct you. But what the writer is telling you is, is that that person, when the correction comes, they miss the point of the correction. They can't see it for what it's supposed to be and what it is. All they can see is that it's extreme and it's over the top. They don't deserve it. It's not fair. Because they want what they want and they have no intention of getting right. They have no intention of doing right. They have every intention of living according to their own rules and all of this kind. They have no intention of changing. And so when God tries to correct a, one of his children that has gone to that place of rebellion, you better be careful that you don't go that far in rebellion, that you start to walk away from God. 
because when you start to walk away from God and you go to a place of, 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 of rebellion, God is still going to try to correct you. But because you are walking in extreme rebellion, you are going to miss the point of the correction of God. And you're not going to see it as God trying to bring you back. You're going to see it as God trying to do you wrong. And all it's going to do is further the fan or because your outlook is wrong, you're going to misinterpret the intention of God's correction. And what's going to happen is, is that you're going to rebel even further. And the end result of that, because you hate reproof, you hate to be corrected, is that you're going to die in your sin. God corrects you because he loves you and because he does not want you to go to hell. But if you push the issue, if you keep walking in disobedience and you get to a certain point that you become rebellious, anti-God, I don't want to follow the way of God. I don't want to do this. Well, because he loves you, he's going to try to get you. He's going to try to get you, get your attention and he's going to do it with chastisement. But if you can go too far to where the chastisement of God will not be seen as a benefit to you, you will see it as a hindrance and you'll rebel all the, all the further. And that is a bad state because the end of that is death. Brothers and sisters, we're going to stop there this was lesson three. And I think we probably got about one more lesson. Thought this was going to be the last one, but we will continue this. Amen. Uh, this is just good stuff. Brothers and sisters, be mindful of what we talked about. Ponder it. Share it with somebody. Don't just be quick and to leave it on the side. Don't do that. Okay. But ask the Lord. Open your ears and your understanding and show you how to apply this word to your life. God bless you. Until next time, we will stop the recording here.